Christmas. It's a many-layered cake, isn't it? At its base, you've got this rich, satisfying history about one man and his love for all humanity. But resting just above that is the vacation our bodies and minds crave at the end of the year. Sometimes that's ruined by the next layer, the extended family. But most of us never think about all that stuff. The cake is all too often taken for granted. What we do put a lot of thought into is the decorative icing. Collectively, America currently spends over $465 billion on Yuletide annually. Yeah, that's billion with a B. Second place, by the way, Halloween, just nine billion. And what do we spend all that money on? Really, and I mean really, bizarre behavior. We give presents wrapped in that paper that leaves your loved one's hands bespeckled in glitter. We hang thousands of blinking lights on our gutters while cringing at the thought of the electric bell. We buy toe warmers so we don't get frostbite while singing loudly in front of a stranger's house. We hang weird oversized socks dangerously close to a fire and fill them with odd, unnecessary gadgets. We purchase a dead coniferous tree and then prop it up in our living rooms like some vertically embalmed cadaver dressed in tinsel and popcorn with a blinking hat. Also a fire hazard. And what the hell is eggnog, anyway? As for my own family, well, <laughs> and this is true, every Christmas Eve, my wife Dara and I dress in identical red and green striped pajamas, don novelty reindeer horns, sit on the couch with our dogs, hoist glasses of, yes, eggnog, and watch Dara's absolutely number one favorite Christmas movie, Elf. Now, this is where I have to pause and say two things to all of you listeners who have not seen Elf. Number one, what are you thinking? And number two, pause this episode here. Go watch Elf and then come back when you're done. Seriously, and watch it with somebody, please. It doesn't matter if it's a kid or an adult. You'll both laugh and maybe you'll both cry and then you'll hug it out. Go do it. In the meantime, we'll just we'll play the theme music here. the same page now? Good. Now, I'm just going to let this play. This is a part of a conversation we had with Todd Komarniki, the producer of Elf, which started out with him telling us about his favorite Christmas movie, and it took us down a deep rabbit hole of all those holiday films that have stuck with us over the years. Well, It's a Wonderful Life is a perfect movie. In my opinion, the yeah. greatest use of the commercial form of filmmaking, marrying story, performance, the appearance of it, the message of it, and something for the masses. So that's, to me, the perfect Christmas movie, and because of that, remains my favorite movie of all time. And that movie is pitch black. I mean, that is that is a movie about a guy who's had all his dreams denied, who is not really a good guy, who who wants to get out of town. He was, he was good as a little boy, but it didn't serve him well, and he lost hearing, and, you know, in rescuing his brother, and he... he uh, He's up against it his whole life, so he wants to get out. And he only sticks around because circumstance conspires against him. And in fact, when he gets married to, um, to Mary, played so brilliantly by Donna Reed, they're ready to go on their honeymoon, and then the, the savings and loan gets in trouble. It's not his idea to stick around, it's Mary's. She takes the $2,000 that they were gonna spend on their honeymoon or to begin their new life, and she says, 
we'll we'll vouch for the bank. We'll we'll support you and the the people that take advantage of her charity. So he doesn't come around. Jimmy Stewart's character, George Bailey, does not come around until the very end, when the whole world said, "I love you." That's a pretty high mark. Usually in a movie or in a story or in friendship, you're like, "Ah, eh, one person is enough to to get you to see the light." It took the whole town to show, and even his wife, his long-suffering wife, crying for him and inviting everyone into that house to be there for him and waiting. Where's George? Where's George? That, um, the love of a community, is so beautiful. And I think for most people, that's the experience of, of life. Yeah. That we have some days that are Christmas, but most, most days we're standing on a bridge. And that's why that movie's so perfect. Because no matter where you are in your life, you're either on the bridge, walking toward the bridge, or you've been rescued off the bridge, and the movie resonates with you. So that's perfect storytelling. That yeah, that I mean, talk about a movie that that's had staying power. It's it's on numerous channels, numerous times during the holiday season. You kind of can't get away from it. Sometimes oh. just all day. <laughs> no, they do. They just play it over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's a wonderful day. It should be should be on all day. Our, our, our homage in Elf, our little homage to It's a Wonderful Life, is just when Buddy has been kicked out by his father and has got uh, nowhere to turn. He writes the goodbye note on the Etch-A-Sketch and says, sorry, I put cookie dough in the VCR. <laughs> and then he's, he's walking through the city and he walks over a bridge. And he looks out over that bridge. And we don't take it as far as It's a Wonderful Life, but that is that moment of existential crisis for him. And while he's there, what does he see? Instead of Clarence appearing beside George Bailey, he sees Santa's sleigh in the sky in trouble. So we wanted the message to be the way out of self, the way out of sadness, is to get back and serve and to help. And that's how he's freed. And that, I mean, Buddy is pure light the whole movie, but for that one moment, he's lost hope because he's been rejected. But his way towards healing and healing everybody else is through serving. What's that story that you told me about that? That was it an African tribe when somebody starts acting. Oh, oh yeah. This yeah. is. This is. It's, uh, I forgot where it said tribe in Africa. I don't remember. But when someone starts to get, um, I'm gonna guess it's in their teenagers. I'm assuming. Uh, start getting a little, uh, you know, bored, frustrated, out of sync with the tribe, out of sync starts behaving badly, maybe they want to start thinking about leaving, or they start acting out, or sulking, all these negative uh, choices. There's no punitive action taken. Instead, it's maybe they're depressed, they're angry, whatever. The, the way they treat it is they take the individual, and the whole village gets together, and they get around him, and everyone in the village takes turns telling them about something good they did and why they are important yeah, in brilliant. that village. Right, right. Yeah. And that's life-saving. That's it. I mean, and we, uh, George Bailey, to circle back, he felt like he lived a, worse, a worthless life. He didn't, he didn't see it because he didn't get what he wanted. <laughs> that's, that's why. And I'm glad there's no sequel to It's a Wonderful Life, but if anybody felt rescued, it would be George Bailey. He would go live the life that he'd always been called to, which is a life of service and, and love and... In some ways, that kind of reminds me of some of the, the appeal of The Simpsons. You're dealing with, you know, a character like Homer, who is kind of lazy and tries to find tries to find shortcuts through life and ends up messing things up, making life more difficult for himself and his family. But in the end, he always does something to redeem 
himself redeemed and, he, and, and it all turns back to serving his family when he realizes that being selfish is screwing things up for him and for everybody else I was you know what else came to mind when we're talking about now that we're talking about Christmas movies that have staying power is a Christmas story oh yes you a fan of that movie I love a Christmas story do you know the other cookie that's in elf because of a Christmas story no no so Peter Billingsley who plays uh, Ralphie in the Christmas story the little boy is turned out to be great friends and producing partners with John Favreau who directed elf so the head elf who tells Buddy to you know move off etch your sketches and onto Jack in the Boxes? Who uh-huh. Buddy overhears saying, "I can't believe he hasn't figured out he's a human yet." Is Peter Billingsley? So oh. Ralphie, oh. Ralphie from Christmas Story, is also in Elf. So oh, it's that's all big so one great. Christmas love movie. That, talk about that's a hell of a cookie Peter Billingsley anyway um, Peter was a total sweetheart he's the nicest guy in the world very patient with everyone's questions about a Christmas story very (laughs) smart guy a lot smarter than Ralphie so he's I love that movie so much I I don't always entirely know why but it's this it's well it's this it's a coming of age story at the same same time as a Christmas story and it's so they spend so much time with the family for seemingly no real linear storytelling reasons until you you step back from it you realize like I, I don't know I guess they're creating this house that has real warmth Christmas story there's a lot of people are kind of you know in it for themselves kind of ignoring each other until things get kind of until the going gets just a little tough and it's not a, it's not a, it's not a dark movie but when things get just a little tough you realize that everyone will immediately turn back to each other again and start supporting each other once the once the going gets a little bit tough. I think another reason Christmas Story works, it was made in 82, and it was the uh, the nostalgia built in. Because Gene Shepard, who had done a radio show that my dad and his brothers had grown up listening to, hmm. is narrating. It's his story, hmm. Christmas Story. So And it's it's lit in a, in a way that's almost you know, boxy and very 1950s. So... Even though it was modern times when we saw it, it was a throwback in every possible way. It was a multi-generational throwback. Oh, I didn't realize that was a radio story originally. Yeah, Gene Shepard was a legendary radio voice. Oh, wow. And he would come into people's living rooms every every night and had that voice. Same guy. He does the mm. VO in the movie. And he had a, a unique ability to paint a picture. And it's so compassionate. Compassionate towards his mother, even towards his little brother, even towards the dad, as you said. Because the dad's a bit of a Homer Simpson. But the the sweetness of Ralphie comes from that warmth of the older Gene Shepard looking back on his life. And of course, you can go two ways. You can get older and become more bitter, mm-hmm. or you can become older and become more grateful. Mm-hmm. And certainly the Gene Shepard yeah. character is deeply grateful for what he had. What are the other, are there other Christmas movies that have... Stood the test of time? Uh, some people would say Miracle on 34th. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. Jingle all the way. <laughs> Jingle all the way, I don't know that one. Oh, you know a big one now is... Uh, what is that one? I think it's uh, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> Bad Santa is a, has had some staying power. Yeah, but Bad Santa 2 didn't perform. So mm. the, fir- the first one had staying power. But the, see, there's the jaded. Yeah, there's the jaded. Jaded uh, industry uh, type. No, what is listed, because we always get part of these lists now, and all over Europe and England and here, where, where we wind up, 
and inevitably, I don't think we've won a poll, I think we've been two or three a couple of times, but inevitably the winner is one of two movies. It's A Wonderful Life, which seems like an obvious one, or Home Alone. And oh, that's a lot right. Of people yeah. don't think of it as a Christmas movie. They think of it as the movie where the kid beats the bad guys. But it's a completely Christmas movie. So yeah, yeah. I forgot. People forget that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. That's right. <laughs> I mean, do, yeah. you can make that argument, or you it's could a, make the opposite. I would say argument. it's a Christmas party <laughs> at Nakatomi Plaza. They're just having a Christmas party. Eyes wide shut. That takes place during Christmas. Oy. <laughs> the movie's not to play at the Christmas party. <laughs> not to play at the family not dinner. Sit down and watch. Yeah. Let's all get together and watch Eyes Wide Shut together. It's a family. <laughs> and here's something really cool. I just happen to know this bit of trivia. The the daughter of the guy, Philip Van Doren, who came up with the original story for It's a Wonderful Life. He wrote a thing called The Greatest Gift, which ultimately Capra turned into It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. But he was the one that came up with the idea of a man getting to see what his life would be like if he never lived. Mm -hmm. So I got to meet his daughter, Philip Van Doren's daughter, who's you know now in her 80s. So I met her a couple years ago in her 70s. And she, uh, she told me what she did for a living. And she showed me these books and she showed me pictures of her and her children in the poorest parts of the entire planet. She would go embed herself, the poorest of the poor, to help them change their lives and she did it through microloans. I was like, you're George Bailey. She didn't, she didn't know. She hadn't seen it. That she, had, she was George Bailey. That's the impact of great art. Uh -huh. Because it inspires you to go, oh, they give, they live, they serve, I can go do the same. I loved that conversation. And I learned a lot from that conversation. Christmas movies have a special place in our hearts because they are so intimately linked to a particular time of year, a time when we all make a conscious effort to slow down and consider one another, to be generous and caring. To put it simply, they just remind us that we're all in this together. And one more thing before we go. When Bran and I were discussing this episode the other day, he suddenly remembered another Christmas movie, and we thought it was worth including. Um, uh, this may not... I'm, go I'm going to Mexico, which brings up two, two thoughts. Uh, first, the reason I'm going down there, because it is my wife's uh, parents' 50th anniversary. Um, and so the whole family going down there, the whole clan is going to be down somewhere in Mexico. Right. And spend about five days down there. Uh, and my second thought was Christmas in Mexico. And the only thing I know about Christmas in Mexico comes from this absolutely weird, terrible movie that Mystery Science Theater watched called The Santa Claus. And, or maybe just Santa Claus, I can't remember. But the plot of it is really weird. I think it had something to do with the fact that uh, the, the Santa thing and everything is all relatively new. It's all kind of, or at least our conception of it, um, it, you know, largely due to sort of commercial forces at work. Um, and it's relatively recent, uh, our version of it anyway. But in Mexico, they must have had a different version of it because in their <laughs> Santa Claus movie, I don't know where to start. Uh, Santa Claus lives on the moon. <laughs> Uh, his uh, reindeer are robots. Um, he instead of employing uh, 
elves, he employs one little boy and one little girl from every country in the world. So it looks like a sweatshop. <laughs> and then he comes down to visit, to to deliver toys, not to everybody, not to good people or bad people, but to this is terrible, but to wealthy children. <laughs> Santa is afraid to go to the poor neighborhoods, so he skips them. And the whole time, the subplot of this movie is that the entire time he is trying to be thwarted at every step by Satan, who is, uh, you know, <laughs> classic, you know, all movie. red. Yeah, red uh, with, with horns and the trident spear and everything, who's doing things like, you know, just trying to ambush. Oh, and hiring, Satan is hiring the poor kids to try to sabotage and booby trap Santa Claus. Now, Santa gets his way around all of this somehow uh, yeah. by doing things like, he's kind of sadistic, you know, like he figures out like, oh, Satan's on the other side of the door. I have an idea. And it becomes like a Home Alone episode uh, where he like, he put wraps like a, a hot, a hot uh, element, heating element around the doorknob. <laughs> And lets it heat up so that when Satan grabs it, he burns his hand. First of all, I would think Satan would be fireproof, but whatever. Uh, and and like and Santa really gets a kick out of this. Like whenever the devil gets really hurt, he just starts ho ho hoing and laughing his ass off. Um, and all I can remember about the movie, the only other detail is that at one point Santa does trip a burglar alarm system, and the police come, and Santa goes to jail. <laughs> I anyway, you know what? You know what? I take it back. I take it back. That's my favorite Christmas movie. That's the one I'm going to watch this year. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I want to see. What's it called? I think it's just called Santa Claus. Uh, uh, I can't remember, but uh, I can I can find it, and I'll I'll send you a link. Uh, yeah, let's see if we can find a link for the fans. <laughs> Yeah, and Santa like lives. Like I said, he lives on the moon, and he has this huge array of telescopes that he's constantly peering through, looking at people. So he looks kind of creepy and pervy (laughs) as he's trying to like see what people are up to in Mexico City. Oh, Oh, good lord! Mamacita. The 1959 Mexican Christmas movie, Santa Claus, is available in its entirety on our website, thewellpod.com. That's thewellpod.com, and go to the show notes section. You'll also find the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode in which they feature the film. The Well is produced, recorded, and edited by Brandon Edgens and myself, Anson Mount. Theme music by Jonathan Myberg. Special thanks for this episode go out to Diane Johnston, Dara Mount, Walker's Bar and Restaurant, and of course, Todd Komarniki. To all our listeners, thanks for spending a little bit of your holiday season with us. If you like our show and would like to give us a Christmas present, just give us a review on iTunes. It helps us by helping more people find our show. Until next time, don't drink too much eggnog and stay warm. <laughs>